Hey everybody, I'm Jesse, and today we're going to be pitting the Ford F-150 Lightning against the Rivian R1T on five different categories. Acceleration, autopilot, UI and navigation, suspension, and parking. Next on In-Depth. How would you like the chance to win a Tesla Model S Plaid? Our friends at the nonprofit Sparrow Worldwide are selling raffle tickets to support the incredible work they do to help rescue our forgotten Afghan allies and get these people to safety. Each time you buy a raffle ticket for 150 bucks, you are supporting the important work they're doing right now and you're getting a chance to win a Model S Plaid. Now, there are only 5,000 tickets available in this raffle, so your chances of winning are good, and they've only sold about 10% of the tickets, so your chances of winning right now are really good. So don't wait, go to the link below and support this awesome nonprofit and get a chance to win a Tesla Model S Plaid. Go to freedomraffle.org right now for your chance to win. All right, so the first test we're gonna do is acceleration. This is an electric truck, so I'm expecting it to be pretty good. Um, we're gonna be getting on the highway here and uh, I'm gonna be giving it uh, quite a bit of juice. We're gonna be in normal mode on both trucks, um, so that's gonna be normal for the Ford and all-purpose on the Rivian. So we're gonna give it a test and see how it goes. All right, so we're pulling onto the on-ramp here and I'm not gonna to go too fast until the very end, that sort of straightaway, just so we get a bit of an acceleration. So here we go, going 30. Right when I get to this no turn sign, I'm going to give it the juice. Here we go. Wow, that's good. And I'm already going too fast. Nice. Caught right up. That, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. That felt fine. All right, so the next test we're gonna do is on highway acceleration. Um, we're already going, you know, 50 miles an hour. Now I need to pass that truck and I need to get into this gap. So here we go. Okay. That was fine. I mean, it's definitely better than most trucks you're going to encounter. Able to get up into passing speed rather quickly and in a controlled and uh, predictable manner. Not, you're not like going like, wow, but it's definitely an electric truck. All right, so the third part of acceleration is around town. Um, I'm going to make a left turn here and there's a lot of traffic going on. I'm gonna need to kind of make my own space here you know, cars coming this way and that way. Um, and I'm gonna need to kind of get out as soon as I can. So I'm looking for a safe spot and here we go. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Whoa, okay, wow, okay. So first of all, acceleration's great, right? I can accelerate. The only problem is really bouncy and that's part of the suspension, I get it. And you're not supposed to drive a truck like a sports car. So that is just something to keep in mind. That's just the way the truck is. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it is something to keep in mind. It's not gonna drive like a Model 3. All right, so next we're gonna be doing um, our acceleration test. This is on the exact same off-ramp and I'm gonna do the exact same thing. Um, I'm in all-purpose mode, which is you know just the regular run-of-the-mill everyday mode. Um, this does have a sport mode, but we're not in it. This is just your everyday acceleration. I'm gonna be going about 30 to the curve of the on-ramp. Um, so that way we can see what kind of the straight line acceleration is on a normal kind of everyday sort of thing that you'd be doing, which is getting on the highway. All right, so I'm going 30 miles an hour here. And right when we get to that sign, same as last time, and holy it's different than the Ford. There's a lot of pedal throw on this truck. 
and uh, I don't think I was even hitting the bottom, mostly because the G-forces were pulling my foot back. It's a lot of power. You know, in Star Wars, you know, the Millennium Falcon, how that is like the fastest starship in the entire cinematic universe of Star Wars. It's a ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. This truck feels like the Millennium Falcon because it's big, but it has a lot of power. It felt really good and we weren't even in sport mode. All right, so now very similar with what we did with the Ford, we're gonna do on highway acceleration. I'm going about 50 miles an hour and I wanna get into a lane and I need to go now. Oh yeah, that feels like I am in control. Um, I have way more power than I need. It changes the way you do lane changes because suddenly you know that nobody is going to be going faster than you in whatever lane you're going into. If you wanna be accelerating, you are going to be the fastest thing on the road within about a second. The suspension feels great, so lane changes and everything like that feels great. It's a sports truck. It feels like a sports car. That's why you buy this truck. All right, so the next thing that I wanna test here while we're on the highway is autopilot or ADAS, driver assistance, whatever you wanna call it. Ford calls theirs Blue Cruise. Um, so we're going to be testing out Blue Cruise today. Nice and simple, I'm on the highway. I'm going, uh, you know, highway speeds. Hit the Blue Cruise button. And now I'm in hands-free mode. So nice blue uh, background on my binnacle here. It says hands-free. That means hands-free. I'm gonna give it a, a little minute here to kind of uh, see how it does, see if I need to give it any kind of feedback. Um, I'm going to be paying you know, close attention to the road. I'm not gonna be looking at you because I'm supposed to be driving and there are cameras looking at me. There are two cameras looking at me um, to making sure that I am paying attention to the road. Um, so that's what I'm gonna be doing and hopefully I don't need to do anything. So we, we were in hands-free mode and here we go. So it's been maintaining um, pretty, pretty center in the lane here. Um, we've gone around a couple curves. It's maintaining uh, my speed. If someone were to cut in front of me like this, didn't feel the need to slow down, which I think is perfectly fine since they were going faster than me. So now as an example, I'm going to um, increase my speed. So over here, we have a bit of a cluster of buttons um, and controls for the Ford. There's set plus, so I can hit that and I can see this green speed down here. That's the speed that it wants to be set to. So I'm gonna increase it just a little bit more, see if we can't get behind somebody um, and see if it will slow down. Um, I can also change the distance between the cars in front of me by hitting uh, this button here. So it's measured basically in one to four. I don't know if that's car lengths, but it's some unit of distance. I mean, that's fine. I don't need it down to the foot. I just need, you know, more or less. Um, so I'm gonna start with close and we're gonna see what that looks like. And let's see if we can catch up to somebody. All right, so here we're coming up on a car that's going slower than my set speed. And we're slowing down here. Now it wants me to keep my hands on the steering wheel, probably because I've been looking away for too much. All right, so now I'm going to do a lane change uh, while in this mode. I believe as soon as I turn on the blinker, it's going to be all me, although it will be maintaining uh, speed. So what I'm gonna do is uh, throw on the blinker and it's still maintaining the lane. Here we go, it's dropped out, it's no longer blue. I'm going to change lanes here. And this is me changing lanes, this is not the computer. I'm gonna turn off my blinker, 
stay in the lane for a second, and hands-free kicks back in. No noise, no muss, no fuss, kicked straight back in. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to tell it that I wanted to go back into hands-free mode. It knew that I just changed lanes and I should be going back in hands-free mode. There's no beeps or boops. It doesn't say hands-free anymore. I think that's because we're going around a pretty tight curve for this highway. The hands-free went away. It, it's still steering, but it is having me keep my hands on the wheel. Now it says hands-free. So now we're doing this merge where two lanes of the highway merge. Handled that really well. It wants me to keep my hands on the steering wheel here, probably because I am not paying that much attention <laughs> to the road. I'm paying more attention to, you know, traffic. Still wants me to keep my hands on the wheel. Now I can go into hands-free mode. So I don't know exactly what that was about, but I definitely had to be paying attention and I had to keep my hands on the wheel for quite a while in order to satisfy it. And again, I don't know why it was doing that, if it's because um, the highway was getting curvy or what. So there is one part of Blue Cruise that I don't actually like that much, and that is the lack of beeps and boops and uh, feedback. There's not a lot of uh, telling you, hey, you're taking control of the wheel um, and I'm no longer driving as the car. And uh, that can lead to some pretty scary situations. I'm gonna show you what I mean. So here we are in uh, Blue Cruise. Right now it's having me have my hands on the wheel, um, but pretty soon it's gonna say hands-free. All right, so we're in hands-free mode. Now you're allowed to keep your hands on the wheel, of course. And so let's say that I'm trucking, it's been a long trip, and I apply a slight right-hand torque to the wheel. I just drove almost completely off the highway with absolutely no feedback. Let me do it again. I'm in hands-free mode. Everything's happy, everything's good. Slight, very slight pressure, not paying attention. I get a slight notification in the wheel when I'm about all the way off the highway. Oh, <laughs> that's the sound you don't wanna hear. That's the sound of your falling off the highway. I do not like that about Blue Cruise. The fact that I get no notification of when I am in control, when it is in control. There might be some visual hints, but it's not just super apparent. So again, I'm just gonna hit the rumble strips here. Just not paying attention. A little bit of, oh my God, we're falling off the fucking highway. Pretty scary to me for long distance driving. If you're going to need to be keeping your hands on the wheel for any reason, any slight amount of torque, you're suddenly taking control. And the car does not tell you that that is what's going on. All right, so now we're gonna test out driver assistance on the Rivian. Just like a Tesla, it's a double tap on the driver stock and you're in. Now it wants me to keep my hands on the wheel and it beeped at me immediately. And I can adjust lots of different little features um, with the, the wheels on the road. It having a hard time with this uh, off ramp here. The, the lines are a little bit worn and it kind of didn't know what to do. Now it knows that there's a lane merge coming up ahead. So it's telling me um, that's very nice. So that way I know. Um, the question is, is it going to try and split the two lanes and then kind of come back to a normal center? So we're gonna see that here. It's handled this one pretty well. So now what I wanna do is compare this to the Ford's uh, Blue Pilot. Pilot Blue Pilot Pro. What? Remember on that one, um, I was able to pretty much just drive off the highway. Oh my God, we're falling off the highway. I'm going to try and do the same thing here with the Rivian. I'm going to put a slight amount of pressure on the right hand steering wheel here. We're going to try and drive off of the road. 
So it's keeping me in and it feels like the wheel is kind of locked in place. And so me putting a little bit of pressure going to the right is not pulling me off the road. It's not pulling me kind of in any direction. I'm gonna keep increasing the pressure. So then I get an audio warning that I have pulled it out of uh, autopilot. It also felt like I just pulled it out of autopilot. I completely knew that all of a sudden I was in control of the vehicle. Um, I'm gonna do that again just to show us. All right, so now I'm back in driver plus and I'm going to apply some pressure to the wheel. And this time, you know, I'm kind of maybe not paying attention. Okay, you heard that again as it pulled off. We went over a bump and that kind of caused it to go out. Um, but again, the wheel felt like a clunk happened and I got a, uh, an audio warning. One thing to mention is that when I do pull the wheel out, so I'm gonna do this purposefully this time, I get the, the audio warning, um, and also I am still in um, cruise control, uh, traffic aware cruise control. So if I was behind a, a car or something like that, I'm gonna keep maintaining my speed um, while also maintaining a safe distance between the car in front of me. Overall, I really like this system. It's a complete copycat of Tesla Autopilot, and that is a compliment. Now, we have run into some situations where Driver Plus does not work, namely going through tunnels, other kind of interchanges. It will kick you out, and it will tell you in advance that it's going to kick you out, and you have to manually turn it off, or it will basically beep at you until you take control, and then it won't let you go back in for the rest of that drive. You'd have to put it in park for it to work. All right, so next we're gonna check out navigation. And uh, whenever possible, I think it's always wise to use hands-free. Ford comes with a hands-free mode, so all I have to say is, okay, Ford, navigate to 50 Main Street, Manchester, New Hampshire. Which item would you like? Number one. Starting route to 506 South Main Street. Okay, so I had to basically take my eyes off the road to look at the list of places that I could go. Not great for hands-free, in my opinion. Would it be annoying to have a computerized voice read it to me? Yes. Would you like to go to 506 or 503 South? That would be annoying, but I wouldn't have to take my eyes off the road. So now looking at the map, obviously there's a ton of traffic going the other direction, and you can see that represented by that red line on the other side of the highway. That can be quite useful when you when you zoom out and you're looking for traffic and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it's getting a little bit hidden behind my line here. So my uh, route is kind of hiding where the traffic is. I don't know if I was heading in that direction, if that is would be the case, but um, it is nice to be able to see traffic on your route. I think that people have gotten used to that with most of their navigation. As soon as I start to move around the map, like if I wanted to look at that turn, uh, it doesn't tell me what the turn is, so I don't know what exit number I want. I don't know in how many miles that's going to be. Um, so that's a little bit stressful. You have to recenter it, and now it tells me. Uh, I don't like that at all. I think that you could keep that up at the top of the screen, and I could just kind of zip around. That wouldn't be such a hard thing for them to do. But all right, so in 4.6 miles, I need to take exit 4 to Route 3 at Queen City Avenue. So that's, that's fairly clear. Um, let's see if I click that, if it will tell me anything else. Okay, so by me clicking it, it basically just tells me again what I need to do. All right, so I'm taking my turn here. It gives me this kind of Garmin looking thing, but I mean, it's, I think a lot of people are used to it by now. I'm getting off the highway. I don't know what my next turn is. Uh, and so I'll be honest, it's a little stressful 
because I don't know if uh, you know I'm coming around this curve and there's going to be some like merge right, stay right. Okay, so now I've taken my my exit. Now it's telling me the turn. In this case, I have all this time to kind of acclimate myself. A lot of off ramps, a lot of turns. You have to take another turn directly after it, and there's no place where it is telling me where I'm going to be doing that. I don't think that I can basically tell it to show me more information. I basically just have to take it turn by turn, which means that I can't prepare. I don't know what lane I'm going to need to be in um, as I come up to, to this light. You know, now it tells me, okay, now I need to be in the left lane in order to get over, but you know, I have 400 feet. Luckily, there's no traffic today, but if I had known that earlier, I could have, you know, changed the way that I was driving. So Rivian has Alexa in the vehicle. So I'm going to ask Alexa to navigate us to somewhere. Alexa. Navigate to Pheasant Lane Mall. There is a Pheasant Lane Mall, 1.4 miles away on 310 Daniel Webster Highway. Do you want to get directions to that one? Yes. Getting directions to Pheasant Lane Mall at 310 Daniel Webster Highway. So that's not going too good. The, the voice stuff, like that sounds great. It, like, I preferred that method where it was like, hey, you want to go to the one? And I'm like, yeah, that one. That one's the one that I was asking about. Um, but I don't have any directions here, which means that now I need to type it, which means I need to basically endanger my life and the life of everyone in the car. Here we go. Um, can I talk now? Alexa, Pheasant Lane Mall. Nope. Didn't, didn't like that one. So I have to... And I mean, good thing I already knew where I was going, but okay, so I type it in, calculating, great, start, there we go. While the Ford's, uh, you know, voice navigation was a little bit more clunky, it actually worked. Rivian, for whatever reason, Alexa didn't, you know, decided not to, never mind. All right, so now let's talk about navigation now that I was able to actually get it working by typing it in. Navigation is pretty good if I want to see um, what I need to be doing, I can tap that. Oh, that's nice. I know that in a thousand feet after my 50, you know, after my turn, I'm gonna be turning right, then quickly turning left, then turning right, which is very nice. It's nice to have that, and if I wanna get rid of it, simple tap, and it's gone. That is super nice. Let's talk about the map. Look at how much information there is on this map. Satellite mode is so nice. To be able to see what something looks like from the sky, I think is great. The loading times, I will say, are a little bit Mm, iffy, especially if you're in places with low service. Comparing it to the Ford, this is probably going to be a much more useful UI just because it's going to be able to tell you your turns, it's going to be able to uh, calculate your route a little bit better, and you're going to be able to see where you're going a little bit better. So the next thing I want to talk about is suspension and ride comfort. And this is something that the Ford does a pretty good job with ride comfort. I mean, I'm going over a little bit of bumps here. Um, we're going to hopefully try and find uh, some some bumpier stuff to be driving over. Um, but in terms of, you know, little little disturbances in the ground there, nice and smooth. Um, I'm aiming for them all. So if you're wondering why it's so bouncy, that's why. If we're talking about differences between the Rivian and the Ford, the Ford is an all spring suspension. So if you're used to normal cars, uh, it's basically that, um, you know, 
springs and dampers, that kind of thing. Um, with the Rivian, it's air suspension, so it's air ride. Um, there's still springs and dampers, but you're sitting on top of airbags, which you'd think would make it a lot softer, but it doesn't. This has way more suspension travel, and it can do it, it's, it's really, really, really well-tuned. It feels like a truck, nice and comfortable, and it just soaks up the bumps. There is a flip side to that, which is that the Ford is a lot more <laughs> boat-like. <laughs> it really steers slow and comfortably. It doesn't feel tight. It doesn't feel, you know, technical. It, it really feels like a big truck. And I think that that's fine because it is a big truck. All right, so we're gonna be testing out suspension in the Rivian R1T. <laughs> and um, uh, we have a stabilized camera here, but uh, I think that you're going to be able to notice uh, quite a bit more bumps than we got with the Ford. Um, of course, the Rivian has air suspension, and that means that it can adjust the ride height, which is very cool. Um, the only downside being that it is not as well attuned suspension feel. Right now, you might be wondering what sort of suspension mode am I in? I'm in all purpose, and that is the drive mode. It uh, sets the suspension for um, soft, so this is its softest suspension. Um, I could set it into sport, which would be even terser than this, which can be rather unpleasant. The handling of this truck is a lot tighter. It feels a lot more like a sports car pretty much all the time. It doesn't really matter which settings you have it in unless you're in very high. If you adjust the suspension really high then and in soft, then you start to have a bit of what the Ford has in terms of a loss of control when you're giving it a lot of power. But overall, even in those settings, it's still nowhere near as comfortable as in the Ford. And so for tight turns like this, the suspension's really nice, keeps the car completely planted on the road. Um, we did a very tight turn there, um, gave it quite a bit of power, and it was able to maintain great power delivery through that entire turn without feeling like I was gonna flip the truck over. Next, let's talk about parking. Uh, this is a big truck, <laughs> and uh, parking it can be a little bit scary, so uh, I'm gonna try and park in this spot here, wide enough for my truck for sure, but I'm going to try and back it in, which is going to be uh, a little bit more difficult, kind of a weird uh, parking situation. So hopefully this will be a good example of, you know, a, a hard parking space. Obviously I'm supposed to pull in, but we're gonna make it difficult for myself. So I'm gonna go past here, and I'm gonna pop it into reverse. And now here I get a visual, so I get my rear backup camera there, and I get my top-down view there. And so let's take a look at what this looks like as I pull into the space. So a little bit blurry on these stitch lines here. It's hard to know that that's a car um, if you weren't paying close attention. Um, I'm gonna look out, and this is a very tight turn. So again, really hard to see. Now that's a car. Now the question is, am I gonna hit the car? I don't think so. And we should be getting some noises if I'm getting close to anything. It looks like I'm going to sideswipe the car if I keep moving backwards, but it'll be very close. So I'm gonna pull forward. I have the room to do it. Now, everything went away. So if I was pulling forward into the space, that'd be a little difficult. I believe there's a way that, where you can actually pull that in. All right, so now this feels rather comfortable. Pulling into the spot and that looks about right. Let's see how we did. 
So I kept it between the lines and uh, I don't know, overall, I think I did pretty good. All right, so the first time I did parking, this is what I was looking at, which is sort of a weird top-down view. I didn't love the stitch lines and stuff like that, and then you get the rear backup camera, but you have lots of other options. So you click on this menu here, um, you can change it to nothing, that's helpful, or you can look at raw feed cameras. So now we're looking at the two side cameras, uh, the ones that are on the rear view mirrors, and we're looking at the bed cam, so I can actually get a better sense. Let's just give this one a shot. Um, and see how it goes. So I'm reversing. This is very different. So I'm no longer seeing the camera at the very back of the car, um, but I can kind of see the two sides and I can see if, I, if the bed is actually going to run into anything, although it is hard to kind of judge that. So now we're backing in here. It feels like my truck has suddenly shrunk in size. Um, so the only question is, I don't know how far back I am in this view. So that's another way to look at it. Um, I can do camera plus, which for some reason isn't showing me that camera. And then I can do this one where, where I, I think I like that one best because now I know how far back my tail is. Whereas it's hard to see back there. It's nice to have that camera. All right, so we're gonna be parking uh, very similar with the Ford in between two parked cars. We're gonna see how it goes. I'm gonna back in. So I'm gonna get myself oriented into the right orientation. And now I'm using my mirrors to kind of line me up. But as soon as I go into reverse, here we go. Very similar to the Ford where I have my backup camera and a top-down view. And I think that the stitching on the Rivian is much better than on the Ford. So here we can start to see the car. You can start to see the wheels of each car. I don't know. I think it just looks a bit better, a bit cleaner, and I feel a bit more confident in my parking and right there. And so I also get my parking monitors over here um, to let me know how close I am to this. Looks like somebody had a bit of harder time parking in this spot um, with the broken fence behind us. Um, so overall, that was that was pretty clean. Obviously, this is a much smaller truck than the Ford, so it was a lot easier to park. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job. So next, let's talk about one pedal driving. It's one of the joys of electric mobility. Um, basically what it allows you to do is take your foot off of the accelerator pedal and immediately start braking by using the motors of the vehicle. You're basically using the motors in reverse, so like a generator, and what that does is it puts electricity back into the battery and it slows down your car. This reduces wear on the brakes and it kind of reduces wear on your foot because you don't need to be switching between the pedals as much. And so here we are in the Ford. Um, I'm gonna be using one pedal driving here as I'm approaching this turn. Take my foot off the pedal and I slow down nice and smooth. Let's talk about how strong the regen is. I'm gonna get going a little bit too fast here and I'm gonna hit the regen really long time between when I take my foot off the pedal and when the regen kicks in. This is nice, but it's also not so nice. The nice part is that it doesn't feel jerky, right? So going too fast, take my pedal off and it's nice and slow. Nobody was jerked around the cabin of the vehicle. The only problem is it doesn't act the way that I want it to all the time. There's a delay in between my inputs where I'm giving it lots of uh, input, then I reduce, 
there's a lag there and I don't really like it because I like to be in control of the vehicle at all times. I think it's a bit subjective because I think that some people are going to like that smoothness, but it's just something to be aware of when we're talking about the Ford. All right, so next I wanna talk about the one pedal driving in the Rivian. And so to do that, I'm going to give it a bit of an acceleration and then I'm going to take my foot off the pedal. Immediate, nice and strong uh, regen braking. Yeah, so right now that was standard. Um, I can set this to high and get even more regen braking if I want it. But I'm gonna give it another shot. I'm gonna give it a bit of an acceleration and then take my foot off. Nice, strong uh, regen braking. And again, this isn't even as strong as it can get. Now, the advantages of this is that it's a very controlled uh, drive feel. You're one pedal driving, you hardly ever need to hit the brakes on this thing. With that being said, there is a disadvantage in having the regen being so strong and also so immediate. And that is that the feel of the truck is a lot more terse. Um, and it, it goes along with the kind of sports truck that Rivian was going for. But what it means is it can get a little bit uncomfortable if you aren't really paying attention to uh, how you're driving. And if you're very used to driving a gas car where you know you just take your foot off the accelerator and coast, this can take some getting used to. There is no reduced setting for regen braking. So the one pedal driving is standard. On the Ford, you can set it so that way it will coast for quite a bit and do brake blending with the brakes. All right, Jesse, so first was acceleration. Uh, who won? <laughs> uh, Rivian, hands down. It's the faster truck and it's built to accelerate. Next up is what I'm gonna call autopilot. I know it's drive, uh, ADAS or driver assistance. I am gonna have to go with Rivian on this one. The Fords is dangerous. Just a little bit scary to me. I'm the kind of person who wants to know what's going on. I just wanna point out though that both these ADAS systems are kind of like Tesla circa 2016. Yeah, they feel a bit dated to me. So it's not like I'm saying that Rivian has the best ADAS system. It's just between the two trucks. I happen to like Rivian's more. They both work. All right, then we got UI navigation. Who's the winner there? I'm not gonna say that either of these two trucks are the best navigation system. Yeah, uh, that goes to Tesla. I think that with both of these trucks, people are either gonna be using Waze or a better route planner or their phones. Uh, with whatever GPS system. Yeah, so in the Rivian, uh, you couldn't get the voice activation to work, but I mean, that's happened to us multiple times, so it wasn't just a one-off. But right. I will say that, yeah, I think it's a tie. It's kind of a tie. I mean, they both are fine. It's a tie. Next category is suspension or ride comfort. Uh, who wins that category? Uh, Ford wins ride comfort hands down. The truck was designed to be a truck, a comfortable, big truck. It's quiet, very quiet. Very quiet very smooth, Ford definitely wins suspension with ride comfort. All right, next up is parking. Which one's easier to park? Ignoring cameras for a second, the Rivian is smaller. It has a tighter turning radius. That's gonna make it easier to park. Um, also, the Rivian had slightly better stitching on the top-down view. Okay, what do you mean by that? So basically, it's taking multiple cameras and stitching them all together into one image for when you're backing up, so that way you can understand where the truck is in comparison to everything else. But I mean, both trucks have that. I would say if we're just talking cameras, it's a very, very close win with the Rivian, but because the Rivian is a lot easier to park anyway, uh, it's gonna definitely go to Rivian. All right, so that wraps it up. Uh, one more one more thing. Okay. I just Since we're talking about driving, I wanna talk about one pedal driving for a minute. So a bonus round. A little bonus round. The Ford and the Rivian handle one pedal driving very differently. Ford is approaching this from 100 years of driving, uh, and so you can shut off one pedal driving with this truck. 
For yeah, some, but I like one pedal driver. I know. Driver. I know. Most people approaching EVs will take to one pedal driving very quickly. It is not hard to learn. It's very relaxing once you're used to it because you're not switching between the pedals. However, the Ford does have the option to allow you to basically turn off regen braking with the uh, accelerator pedal and only have it when you're hitting the brake pedal. Uh, I personally hate this, I despise this, and also their one pedal driving system, which you can enable with the Ford, is they're go they were aiming for smooth as opposed to um, accurate. On the other hand, the Rivian one pedal driving, it comes standard. You cannot turn that off. You cannot tone you can, that down. You can make it higher though. You can make it stronger. I really do like regen braking. I think that it's a very important feature, especially on a truck when we're talking about brakes. All right, so who wins the round? I'm gonna say subjectively, the Rivian, um, but just keep in mind that if you're never gonna do one pedal driving, then the Ford's for you. All right, so round one went to Rivian. Round two went Rivian. Round three was a tie. Round four went to the Ford, round five went to Rivian, and round six went to Rivian. I want to stress, it's just because they made the Rivian into a sports car. If you are, hey, I'm a truck buyer, I want a truck, the Ford is going to feel like a truck way more than the Rivian. So even though the Rivian wins in these categories, don't take it the wrong way. They're all really close. They're all really close. No, I mean, I don't think either of them walked away in their category with the win. So. No, it, I mean, and I think that if you're really looking for that, it's all about your preferences. If you want comfort, go with the Ford. If you want a sporty, futuristic... Uh, off-road vehicle. Off-road uh, sports truck, then you go with the Rivian. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We had a lot of fun filming this, and we have a fun episode coming up next week. So we'll see you then. Now, now you know. know.